From ThatShelf.com, this is Black Hole Films. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. What's a black hole film, you ask? Well, you know those films you always meant to get around to watching, but you never did for whatever reason? Well, that's what they are. And this podcast is all about embracing them and checking those films off our lists and talking about them and whatever else happens to come up. I'm Canadian filmmaker Jeremy Lalonde, and I will be your host. You can follow me on Twitter at LalondeJeremy, or check out my website, JeremyLalonde.com, for more information on me and my projects. If you like the show, please subscribe to it, rate, review it, and leave a comment on whatever platform it is you're listening. It really does make a difference in helping to get more ears tuning in. And if you like this show, check out the others on the ThatShelf.com family of podcasts. And without further delay, let's get into this week's film. This is episode 112, and today I'm joined by Norm Wilner, the head film writer from Now Magazine, as well as someone else's movie podcast. Check that out. Uh, Also joining us is Ian McIntyre, a writer, actor, comedian. He's written on shows like The Beaverton, as well as Degrassi Next Class, for which he won a Writers Guild Award. Christopher Ware Smets, who directed the film The Last Hitman. And last but certainly not least, friend of the podcast and filmmaker Saul Pincus, who made a movie called Nocturne. And you can check that out on VOD, iTunes, and all that kind of stuff. And we're all going to sit down and watch a film together. So we're sitting down to watch the original Godzilla. I'm Jeremy, and I have not seen this film. Uh, I'm Ian. I've never seen this film. I'm Chris. I've seen this film, but not for a long time. Uh, I'm Norm. I've seen it theatrically, even, in I've the original it. Japanese version. As have I. I got lucky. Yeah. The Cinematech screened it. And I'm Saul, and I believe I saw one of the screenings at the same time. It was about ten years ago or so. The yeah. Japanese yeah. version. Yeah, when it was restored. Let's have you sit a little closer. Saul. Thanks. All right. Um, so, and and there are two versions of this because the American version is it's called like Godzilla King of the Monsters, yeah. right? It has a slightly different title and it came out two years later. Uh, yeah, um, I think it was American International Pictures. I may be wrong about that, but an American distributor picked it up, sliced about twenty five minutes out of the Japanese cut, shot new material with Raymond Burr as a character, a journalist named Steve Martin, which now just doesn't hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. Mr. Martin, Mr. Steve Martin, and everybody in the theater goes, <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he was interacting with the Japanese footage. He was actually, you know, he, there's a scene in a hospital where they inserted Burr's character. Uh, I think I'm going to watch the American version tomorrow morning. It's worth watching. It's fascinating. But it's it's badly dubbed, and it doesn't work. And, I mean, the monster stuff still works. But as you'll see, there's a texture to the the Ishiro Honda version that is completely absent in the American dub. Oh, interesting. And, Saul, I I didn't know this until you pointed it out, but Criterion Channel has, like, a ton of the older Godzilla movies on. I think there's almost a dozen. I think they're almost... I don't know. I haven't seen every single one. I've watched two or three at this point. It's most of them. And most of them. Yeah, it does seem like quite a few. And mm. they're all there. And they're like, I think there might even be HD transfers. I can't be sure about that. Oh, Some of them are. And uh, uh, these are fantastic. And they have, ex- and this one, this one's on with extra. So it's like, if you're not, you know, as we've been talking, it's like, if you don't, if you can't afford the, the Blu-ray, like, you know, don't, don't torture yourself. Just get a subscription to the Criterion. Right. Because, gosh. Yeah. yeah. For the price of, yeah, this and like two other movies, yeah. you can have a subscription for the year. The, um... The Criterion deal with Toho goes all the way back to the Laserdisc days. Do you remember that? They oh, announced, yes. They oh, announced really? a Laserdisc box set of the yeah. first six Godzilla films, and 
that it just never happened. As, as I understand it, Toho was really weird about the masters and they had to be delivered in a specific way and checked in a certain way and it just never happened. Huh. Hmm. But this, like, the fact that Criterion released the first Godzilla alone is the culmination of 25 years of work. So exciting. And so I, I'm trying, so why have you never, so it's just me and you that haven't seen it. I uh, guess so, yeah. Yeah. So why have you never gotten around to it? Yeah. Personal failing? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just saying, I mean, are you, have you seen any, sorry, that sounded super shitty. Uh, yeah, I think just yeah, that's yeah. all. Yeah. Let me rephrase. What the fuck is wrong with you? Okay, there it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I just, um, I don't think I've ever seen an old Godzilla movie, period. Not any of them. Really? Have you seen oh. any of the recent ones? Unfortunately, yes. Even so, the Matthew Broderick one in the nineties. Oh that one God. I haven't seen. I think I've seen Skull Island. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've seen that, the, and that's amazing. I saw the Brian Cranston one. Yeah, that's yeah. part of the less Godzilla, amazing the new Godzilla verse. Yeah, and that's <laughs> it. The monster yeah. thing. I was actually thinking about this a lot coming over because I, I feel like as a kid I was very steeped. Like Godzilla was a big thing in the seventies. Just not not only in terms of reruns of the movies. Because um, you probably would have done the same thing I did, Norm, which was like Buffalo 29. Yep. Yep. Saturday <laughs> afternoons always ran these Godzilla movies. Yeah. And I, they never ran the original, I don't think. No, and I never was, saw that. All this, like, all it was movie. Godzilla versus The Thing, which was the Mothra movie. Yeah. Uh, Destroy All Monsters Smog was Monster. on all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Destroy All Monsters. Monsters was, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, when, it was but, all distributors, right? It was whoever they had the availability for. Right. But there was also the Marvel comic. I used to read the Marvel comic. Yeah. yeah. There was a cartoon, Saturday morning cartoon, with a great theme song. Uh, and an uh, animated creature sidekick named Godzuki. 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 Like a baby Godzilla, except not the baby Godzilla from the Godzilla movies. Yeah. It was terrible. Was he like a jive-talking sidekick? No, no, but it was kind of a scrappy-doo. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. there you go. And it was like, literally, like, in the, in the theme song, the theme song is really, like, epic, and, like, and all of a sudden, and Godzuki, it's like, yeah. wah, wah, wah. Yes. Like, he kind of, like, falls across the deck of the ship. That, you know, like, the whole conceit is that it's sort of this Johnny Quest collection of scientists who can call on Godzilla to help them yeah. know they need him. And Godzuki's kind of like the, the, the hapless, like, yeah, yeah He's the monster. DNA. Godzuki, not again. Yeah. He couldn't, like he couldn't breathe fire, he could only cough. <laughs> right. Which, when you think about it, is right. a dumb power. I can do that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But can you breathe fire? Fair point. Out your mouth when you yeah. cough. Not enough. Yeah. And there was, yeah, well, there was he couldn't either. Also a great Godzilla action figure. That was like this full size yeah. thing where you oh, pulled, with the pulled fist. you pulled yeah the fist yeah. would would explode and you could like fire it across the room and it also had those lever that made it breathe fire like a tongue of fire yeah, yeah. a bright blue so I was into all that shit as yeah, a kid. the closest I have I've been to watching any of the originals is that the the cafe there's a cafe around the corner for me called the Sidekick and if you live in Toronto uh, Queen East and Gerard, Greenwood yeah. essentially uh, it's a comic book cafe. And the owner, Chris, she's obsessed with Godzilla. Nice. And so she's got like a whole bunch of toys all over the place. But she also has, there's a fireplace, an old fireplace in the corner, but instead of a, a fireplace, it's, a, it's like a, a 4 by 3 old TV and a VHS deck. Uh, and so she's just constantly playing old movies. Nice. And she's got all the Godzilla movies. So nice. I, when I've sat there for meetings or, or writing or hanging out with people, sometimes it's been there, but it's the kind of thing where it's like, yeah, it's hard to really follow. You're just seeing Godzilla hitting things. Yeah, yeah. I just want to interject for a second. All of these things we're talking about negate completely the cultural context of this movie. Yeah, yes, came out of Japan at the time, and that just means so much because Ugh. we're only just getting back to <laughs> nerd. That. <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> we're only just getting yeah. back to that in the features, right? Yeah, I mean, only just getting to a point where they can they can merge a commercial product with 
with messaging that, that even gets moderately in the zone. I don't know. I haven't seen the latest, but They've for sure. Tried, um, Toho has taken stabs at it every now and then. Smog Monster was supposed to be the ecological one, but it's so silly. Yeah. Uh, and then mm. with Godzilla 1985, yes. they kind of did it. But <laughs> I think it's Raven Bird Puff Daddy's song had a lot to say about the environment. In yes. the yes. Which one? More, Puff Daddy's song. Puff Daddy's song. Uh, Godzilla. Oh, with Jimmy Page? Yeah. Doing, yeah. More than the movie did. So but, even, yes. but even just like, the, the, it was 1954, Japan a little less than 10 years after the war. I mean, this is a completely different world. No, it's coming out of their, their fears. Yeah, right? of course. Mm -hmm. It's like, Mm -hmm. you've got Kurosawa making I Live in Fear, and you've got uh, this guy making Godzilla. But also... it's the same movie. But also, (laughs) at the time, they didn't know... You talked to anybody who worked on these, and of course, I haven't talked to anybody who worked on these, but but I've read a lot of interviews with them, and they they all talk about how just another monster movie to them. Not to a few of the people, not to the guy doing the visual effects, not to a couple of people, but... Not to the guy in the suit. Yeah. There you go. He's given the performance of a lifetime. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Is there even a... No, there is a suit in this one. Yes. Like the first time it's a minion. It's it's the puppet. But... Yeah. um, And it's it's amazing too that watching... You you guys... I don't want to even get too far into it. Yeah, don't. as As you will see, the relationship to the effect is very different now than it was then. But even... From film to film, the Godzilla, the concept of Godzilla and the execution of the, of the creature changes and evolves. And, and this this first one, it feels raw in yeah. a way, like they're okay. figuring it out and yeah. it's really interesting. Well, the thing I assume is that this early one kind of probably plays it as straight as possible and the later ones get hokey. Yeah, they weren't kids' films for a long time. Yeah, like the okay. first ten yeah. years or so, and they really. start they slowly start turning into Power Rangers. Well, right? not even Power Rangers, oh, like Jet Jaguar. Yeah, they're just like it gets to a point in the Godzilla movies later on where like like Godzilla, so it's almost they're almost like wrestling matches with with yeah. monsters. Yeah, and they started yeah. making up yeah. throwing words together to yeah. create the other monsters. Yeah, but yeah. Then and, humans and, and, need a line as well, and that's where that's where it gets weird. I'm sorry mm-hmm. to interrupt. Oh no no. Yeah. Well no, I just remember my my the image that I all will never forget as a kid is this one of like Godzilla going into for like the like the uh, to kick another monster but he like slides along on his tail yeah. <laughs> like it's crazy it was a different time it was a different time Jeremy <laughs> yeah, but right. this is a different time again and, and it's yeah. it's true well yeah. how many does anyone even have a rough estimate for how many Godzilla movies exist now I think no. it's something like 30 isn't oh that many yeah, that was like 20 something wow. it's, it's interesting wow. because if you look at the including James, all the new ones right yeah, yeah if well, you like look Shin at Godzilla the James Bond series is only at times moderately more sentient than, <laughs> than the Godzilla series. And and covers a roughly the same time period. True, yeah. yeah. And so it's like if you just look at it, you look at some of the weird shit that they were up to in the Bond series in the late sixties and in the seventies, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, what are you even thinking? Like yeah. <laughs> Well, and the beauty of Godzilla, I imagine, is that versus Bond is that with Bond you've got like multiple things that people expect. Mm. It's like a laundry list of things you need to include. Godzilla the same thing. Well yeah. yeah, but not as much. Not as much you don't need like you don't have a half a dozen characters like Money Penny and you know Q and all those kind of characters you're expecting to see in a James Bond movie. Right. You've got like Godzilla, hopefully some kind of relationship to the environment mm-hmm. and probably something to do with Japan. Yeah, and I think you take off those three things, or not with you, Japan, but yeah, you appease most people. I would love it if Godzilla had a supervisor that we checked in with. <laughs> he kind of did in the nineties. The the was it like the, the Heisei yeah. films? I can't remember how they, uh, which which frame it is, but there was a series where bef- uh, after well after Godzilla nineteen eighty five, but before Godzilla two thousand when they threw it all out, there was a series hmm. of films late eighties early nineties that 
actually gave him a support team. It was there was this this psychic pilot who could nice. sort of talk. She felt him. She couldn't talk to him, but mm. they understood each other. And he wore a helmet. I hope uh, she <laughs> did. She sometimes had a helmet, but not to talk to Godzilla. She was just She's wandering psychic. around in the Jeremy, world. Like, oh, this is, yeah, she yeah. just yeah, 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 yeah. She was also, but she died of radiation, like horribly. No, they never really dealt <laughs> they with never that. Showed there was, that movie. There was a thing where uh, when Godzilla died in. Oh, I can't remember the title. Weirdly enough, not Godzilla Final Wars. Uh, but the one where Godzilla died, he spent the entire movie leaking. Like, his his radioactive heart was killing Spoilers him. Spoilers! Spoilers! This is so far in no. the future. Uh, no, Biolante was the first one of that series. Okay, okay. Um, but he died, and then all of Tokyo was basically poisoned with dead Godzilla radiation. Oh, except wow. that oh. Godzilla Jr., who was introduced in this entire cycle, who's in four or five movies, and they called him Junior, uh, was a little tiny Godzilla, like, a look, not Godzuki or, or the wormy thing. Damn it. Yeah, yeah. Minya from Son of Godzilla. And he reabsorbed all the radiation, which they then <laughs> yeah. stole for the American Godzilla remake in 2014. Now, can we even acknowledge for a second before leaping into the film, hopefully, that How we are... How insane I just sound? No, 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 Wait, so it ties in? You're saying that ties in? No, they just, they borrowed it as an echo. Oh, I see. They're honorary Godzilla pictures you know, literally on the rim, one Pacific rim, Pacific rim, as yeah. an example. Yeah. And you know, uh, I'm trying to think of another one at the moment, but that was oh, definitely other, quite other kaiju adjacent films. Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, yeah. Del Toro said that although all the creatures in um, uh, in Pacific Rim are CG, he wanted them to be physically to look like people yeah. in suits because he wanted that level of of fealty to mm-hmm. Godzilla mm-hmm. and to make it believably. Um, anthropomorphized. I didn't see Pacific Rim. It's so much fun. It's so it's, much fun. Yeah, my, yeah. my kids Very love it. Film. Oh, okay. I it's heard like yes. punching robots for oh, two hours. Come on. I no. love with yeah. that. No, but with that movie, they were like, "I'm going to make a movie that's monsters punching robots for two hours," and they were like, "That'll cost a billion dollars." And he's like, "Okay, I'm going to make three big monster robot fights, and the rest we're just going to do Top Gun." Yeah, yeah. but you're like, okay. It's fun. It's fun. But you know what? I have to say, I did not going into it. I didn't know. I hadn't read a review. I knew who Del Toro was. I think I saw it in IMAX. I might have seen it in IMAX. Uh-huh. It's a good way to see yeah, it. Me too, yeah, I had a blast. It's fun. It's fun. I had, yeah. No, yeah. it was fun. Right, I'll watch it with my level. son. Yeah. Oh, right. your yeah. son will love it. No, my yeah. my daughters have seen it like four or five times. Yeah. All right. So, Ron Perlman, Idris Elba, oh, Charlie they, Day. So fun. I will say yeah. that. Yeah, my kids do the best. Ron per- impression of Ron Perlman's one of his lines in your the movie. Your kids are awesome. They're pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Man. nice. Yeah. And this is the joy that this horror movie we're about to watch is yes. I'll, I'll tell you right now my son is super pissed he's not out here watching <laughs> really it. Okay. Yeah, he's like what WTF dad but he didn't use the acronym <laughs> sure because he's 10 now and you're he reason right yeah your kid's also awesome yeah. Yeah. Pretty awesome yeah he's a little upset we're gonna get them all together to, uh, that's okay we <laughs> to can uh, I told him I said, we can watch it on the weekend at the farm and he's like well we're starting with the Japanese version I was like, nice <laughs> nice damn nerd does he want to <laughs> see the new movie Oh, yeah, I'm sure he does. Yeah, yeah. But like, I think he also recognizes that he can, there's no particular order you need to view uh, these no, things No, yeah. no, it's not like the MCU. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and the nice thing is, is that if he's really into it, I can just stick him in front of my a tablet and let him like, peer through the criteria. Yes, yeah, exactly. 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 Get off YouTube here, boy. Yeah. Watch anything on here except for the Fellini. Yeah. And maybe You're not style. old enough for Fellini. <laughs> and the Bergman, just stay away from the razor blades after. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's watch Godzilla. We're well positioned. Fella, <laughs> that goes from Bergman to Godzilla. Yeah. Nice segue. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right. So we just finished. 
And let's start with Ian, because you're uh, you and I have versions. Yes. And oh, uh, that was very Godzilla e. <laughs> there uh, was a Godzilla in it. Yeah, check. Definitely one. No, I thought that was really cool. Uh, very of its time, and uh, hilariously slow for the first half. Well, even through like I was really kind of surprised by how mel- melancholy Kali the score was throughout the entire thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like there was a, a beautiful poignancy to the whole thing where it kind of kept on lulling me into this daze that I had to keep on snapping myself out of. Um, <laughs> well, especially the end underwater, it was like elegiac as I, they were like right. getting into the final climax of a movie, which would normally be like rousing and huge. And here it was so sad. No, it sounds like the music from Contempt at the end. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's be clear. <laughs> Everyone on screen in this movie dies a horrible death from radiation at some point. Yeah. Down the line. Eventually. Yes. yes. Yeah. So there's no one that survives this movie. No one gets out alive. Yeah, Godzilla kills everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One assumes. I mean, Sarasawa takes the quick way out. Yeah, yeah even that little <laughs> that little kid, that little girl that's being checked. They're in uh-huh. the, 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 you know, the camp or whatever. The end, they just pull the Geiger machine to her and it's like, you hear the buzzing on it. It's like, that <laughs> fuck. Uh-huh. They're all dead. Yeah, they basically look at each other and like pull their collars and are like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yes. and in the American version, you have when Godzilla's attacking the Tokyo Yokohama shoreline, there's that moment where the mother clutches her children and she's like, we'll be with daddy soon. And you know in the American version, the hero would like run in and save that family and kids. Right. Like, a thing drops in that building two seconds later. Like, she's right. Yeah. 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 It's nobody, dark. nobody gets saved. The American it's version bleak. kind of cuts around a lot of it, which mm. is weird. There's no sense of the gravity of the destruction, and it 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 restructures it really differently in a way that kind of works against it. Ultimately, um, just watching it this time, I I really I focused on structure and pacing and how there really isn't a structure. There the the sort of the, the character relationships that triangle emerges really gradually because nobody's willing to talk about the fact that this couple is having sex and, and mm-hmm. you know, like the first time we see him, he's putting his shirt back on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there, it's like... Wait, soft. that's what that was? Yeah. Oh, shit. Well, I mean, I've seen it a few times. <laughs> I'm very it, naive in Nova Scotia. It only just landed this time. It's like, oh, right, there's an, a relationship yeah. because she talks about how... Subtle. She's sort of betrothed mm. to this other guy, to Serizawa, but mm. she's with the younger one. She thinks of Serizawa as an older brother. All that stuff just, it's like floating on the top of this mm-hmm. stuff because the movie isn't really concerned with that. It doesn't... Like, the romance is there for the, for the, the story to have a beginning, middle, and end, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I love the most about Godzilla as a character, and, and this film, I mean, it, it doesn't really have it yet. It doesn't have any of the stuff that we come to expect. It has the pieces, but they're in a different order. The notes are out of sequence. And, and the idea that Godzilla is just... Like Godzilla doesn't care about your relationships. Godzilla is just going to come in and <laughs> he's destroy. He's a force. He's a force you destroyed his fucking home. Yeah. He's the tide. He's you know, he comes in and he, he goes is. out. Yeah. 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 And, and it's, you know, it's kind of clumsy. The puppet stuff looks like, sometimes it looks like meat on a stick. And sometimes it's right. not totally convincing. But then there's that shot of him against the, the burning skyline. Oh, it's where it's, an, it's just this nightmare for a second. Yeah. It's like, holy shit, they actually did that. Yeah. And you know this film has like I mean I'm watching it again it has hundreds of effect shots. Oh yeah. Hundreds yeah. of match shots too yeah. like invisible stuff all over the place stuff that where the registration is not wonky and you mm. just don't see yeah. it and just just tons and tons and tons of this stuff and a lot of it actually works mm. even though some of it is very obviously model work mm-hmm. and this sort of thing. But you know but it, it holds up way better than you think. Has someone that's going into this the first time 
the thing that impressed me the most, especially watching it on a big screen in high definition, I'm like, I'm not like there's like there's a couple little things where you see the strings on the planes and a couple yeah, yeah. some things like that. Yeah. But so much of it was I was like they, they kept it dark and they mm-hmm. and, and they were smart about it. Like the 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 worst Godzilla shots are probably the first time you see yes. them. Yes. Yeah. Which is the sad thing yeah. is like because you're expecting a, I was hoping for this big giant amazing reveal, mm. but it's just they're just walking up a hill. And I was like, oh fuck, what's that? Yeah. 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 It's something yeah. from the two two million years ago in the Jurassic period. It's like, yeah. wait a minute. <laughs> yes, that path checks out. Was that a scientist? <laughs> At what point did they realize it was 65 million yeah, years ago? dating wasn't where it is now. Yeah, that's <laughs> fair. For me, the idea of this movie, watching it again, is, uh, and I didn't really catch it the first time, was it sort of, it's almost like it starts at a flashpoint moment as if they froze the moment the bomb, that, that, that Japan was bombed. Yeah. And took that emotional resonance that occurred at that moment and played it out over the course of you know, well, I was the last wondering. two of the picture. Because, of course, the kids, you know, being sensed for radiation and that mm. sort of thing. But, but really, just the, that sense of, well, we've just got to get this. And this is too overwhelming to get out of. You know, I just felt that that well, worked I mean, really well emotionally. Does, and that's why it worked. That's what, that's what I really loved about it. I mean, is it kind of played as an art film for me in the way that mm. it's like, in the way that... You know, you've got decades later Romero playing zombies as a metaphor for society. You've got um, Godzilla standing in for the horrors that Japan inflicted on themselves in the world with you know their nuclear testing. And it's like we've done this to ourselves. Like Godzilla's not the one to blame. Mm-hmm. We've got to stop him because he's unstoppable. But it's like the same thing. It's like yeah. Godzilla's not the bad guy here. He's just a product of our own bad decisions. And so what do we do about that, and how do we learn from it? Well, you've got our... What's his, the actor's name, the Kurosawa veteran? Takashi Shimura. Yeah, yes. Takashi Shimura. Who is the perfect... He's perfect, he's great. And it's like, and you got to imagine he's just on contract at Toho, right? And that's, right. How, that's yeah. how they get him. But he's, you know, the one saying, it's like, you fools, like, why are we not studying yeah. this thing? Why are we only trying to kill it? Well, it makes me wonder, watching this, when it came out in Japan, like, would this have been cathartic? Or super triggering. I would say cathartic. Yeah, I would. Say, yeah, yeah but, that's how we deal with everything, right? I mean, that. But just another monster movie, yeah. and, and that's yeah. an important point. Yeah. they're cranking these out all the time, whether it was Godzilla or something else, right? So At Godzilla point, didn't invent that. No, no. Uh, I Japan. guess the question is, did it invent what? Did, what specifics are we talking about? The story? Are we talking about the feelings? Obviously, Godzilla was a was a hit, although not as much of a hit. And not as as remembered mm. by the Japanese really? at that time as would be. I'm not saying it had no resonance. Sure, I sure. wasn't I obviously wasn't there. But but what's what's clear to me is it was very clearly not that kind of film where it, it, they were getting a steady diet really? of monster movies like huh. basically double features. Okay, that were all Kitchen that were all Japanese made. All yeah. Japanese mm, made. Ninety nine percent of the time. But were they made like this? Where they had where it had this like real sense of poignancy. Yeah. I'm not suggesting that they were. However, the scientist you mentioned is a stock character. Mm-hmm. Sure. For the well, most part. Oh, in, yeah. in, in, American fi- in American films, too. Yeah. Especially yeah. in the but 50s. If you add horror. I well, wish we could not kill it. I wish we yes. could save it. Yes. Obviously, there are, there are deeper things going on here, and that's clearly, that's much more, and that's much clearer with the script. Yeah. But I'm just saying that the diet of Japanese cinema at the time mm-hmm. was, you know, this whole thing of just sort of the double feature, the kitchen sink drama, and something kind of out there, whether oh, it was. Right. Uh, whether it was, in, it was basically going into a world that you normally weren't in, whether that was a film noir, whether that was uh, something like this. And they would just kept cracking them out, cracking them out. Just sort of like 
Rashomon was not a hit. Mm. In Japan, it took two years for it to play. I would think it was a can or somewhere, and, and then for it to come back yeah. and become something. And just as that's yeah, how Canadian filmmakers work. We <laughs> get successful ones for success. The jury, the jury's out, with the exception of Cronenberg at this yeah, point. Yeah. But yes, yeah. well, with Rashomon, it took different people to see it and then have yeah. different opinions right. about yeah. it yeah. and remember it differently. Remember it differently, right. exactly. But in terms of how it would have played for the Japanese, <laughs> well done. Yes. In terms of how it would play for the Japanese, I can't. I can imagine it might have had the same. Uh, a fact that you know it, it, it's playing on on the on after on the after effects of, of yeah of the atomic of, of the atomic holocaust yeah in much the same way that that um, you know Cloverfield is playing on all this nine eleven imagery sure yeah you know yeah. And, and that was something that when I saw that uh, really resonated with me because I was actually I was in New York when that happened oh shit so it felt very visceral Cloverfield or nine eleven. But uh, was there for, I was there. For, I was there for yeah for nine eleven. I was. Just, I wasn't there for Cloverfield. Good. And I'm sure it did. I'm sure it did. I'm just saying that it is. It was not like it's just pretty common at that point to huh. kind of have these sort of monster movies. So how that. So how how it resonated with them. I'm not gonna. You know. I'm not right. gonna get into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I just think that with the with the uh, showing the after effects though. I mean, so many yeah, like, like lingering. Just, on yeah, them. dolly dollying past these bodies and mm-hmm. you know I, I can't imagine that they, all the monster films had that level of verisimilitude to them. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think Godzilla or so. codifies it in a way that it hadn't been before. That like, even after. King Kong in the States and, and the supposedly the most direct inspiration for Godzilla was uh, uh, Beast from 20,000 Fathoms, right? Oh, that, sure. That okay. Yeah. Animation yeah. That came out around the same time. And Beast from 20,000 Fathoms is about a behemoth that rises from the sea mm-hmm. and is radioactive and ruins, I think it's San Francisco. Yeah. yeah. But it's all, it's all filtered through the standard pulp, mm. you know, guy in a suit, girl in a dress, yeah. oh, how will we survive? And Godzilla's just like, nah, fuck that. He's going to destroy everything and we just react. Yeah, mm-hmm. so then why then, my question is, given that this is just one of like many films of its kind of the time, how come Godzilla stands out amongst the pact as kind of like... Just because it made it over to The America? king of all monsters or... It made it, well, first of all, I mean, everyone can answer this differently, but it, 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 what it comes down to is A, resonance. Mm-hmm. So it had something else. Just like a, just like a lot of... Like, I'm trying to think... Of, is it the, the, the day the earth caught fire. There's a number yeah. of B pictures that came mm-hmm. out of Britain during the fifty, the sixties that uh, that also still have resonance as well. I mean, they're they're minimal, but if, I think it sort of falls in that same category. It's again, it's impossible to know for sure. Is it? But be, because but, it's embraced in, in the, the states, and they they remake it two years later with most for, of the same. For footage? sure, that's that's yeah. part of it. For mm-hmm. sure. And by that point, there was already a sequel in Japan. Godzilla right. Rides Again was like the following year. Godzilla Rides Again. Raids. Oh, Raids, Raids Again. Raids. <laughs> Kate said the same thing. Is that a translation thing? No, but that would be awesome. Um, it was also the one that introduced the idea that there will be more Godzillas, that they're not all the same monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. so oh. They kill him, there's another one. And mm-hmm. Not every time, but most of the early Godzilla films, he's he's the villain, he's the heavy, mm-hmm. and he's defeated at the end. Like mm-hmm. the Mothra wraps him up in a cocoon. And oh, really? Wait, and Mothra's yeah. the good guy? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and Mothra's a good guy. That was what? only the third yeah. or fourth one, Godzilla versus the Thing in, in America, but it's Mothra. Mm-hmm. Which is how you can get Mecha Godzilla. 
And, and still, Absolutely. and still have the films make some kind of internal logical sense. But then, inevitably, the aliens take control of Mechagodzilla, no. and Godzilla has to do a face turn and then save it becomes the day. <laughs> Guys, spoilers! <laughs> God damn it! And that's what it became, right? Like it was always it was, yeah. it was it, Godzilla it, was the monster, <laughs> and then he was the good monster. It is like yeah. wrestling. Yeah, it, it really, really is. is. Yeah, wow. yeah. yeah. Uh, I think there's a point where he tags in one of the other <laughs> monsters, and it really happens in the seventies where they just lean right into it, yeah. and it's ridiculous <laughs> and, un- and unentertaining. I have to imagine there's some level, though, with, with bringing that story to America, even if they're re-editing it and adding, adding Raymond Burr to, to the mix, yeah. that there's um, even some sort of subtle resonance for, for Americans seeing it, that this is, this is, they're seeing what they unleashed on Japan reflected back to them. Mm-hmm. There has to be some collective guilt or feeling of responsibility there it's been a long time since I've seen the American version a long time and I kind of want to revisit it because I remember it as treating the material like the pulpy B movie you think it's going to be and there's no room for resonance like they they Mm. cut out even when it's just a decision to not show the close up of a a burned victim coming down the water it's just speeds past all that stuff because they're going for the meat. They yeah. shot all this new yeah. stuff with Raymond Burr. They're going to use that. It's not as important yeah. as these villains. Don't say too much to the thing. I'm going to watch this at breakfast tomorrow. You should absolutely yeah. see it. Yeah. I would also think that because there was so much, I mean, in answer to what you're saying, I don't know. Obviously, on, an, on a person-by-person basis, some people are going to be sensitive to that. Mm-hmm. But I think that, you know, there was an awful lot of experimentation, you know, in the U.S. in the, in the 50s as far as, uh, you know, sort of H-bomb stuff. And oh, sure. Stuff. Yeah. All the Bikini Island stuff that was happening, you know, prior to that, and mm-hmm. just uh, I don't know that that would have necessarily, yes, to anyone who made it through the war, and and so many people did, and that's another thing I'm often talking about with Jeremy. When if you watch a Kurosawa movie, is that so many of these people were actually in the war mm. or made it through the war, and so for them to, and so the entire experience of this, as you point out uh, as well, that. that this would have some immediate triggering factor. Very early on in the show, you're just sort of sitting there and you're going, "Well, this, these boats got destroyed." And the first thing going through my head is, "Well, well, you know, all the all the boats from say uh, Europe to uh, to the U.S. right, which were being mm. sunk by U-boats during the war, and this was a chronic thing. And if by going on a ship, well, that was kind of the only way to get across the ocean. Were you going to make it there? Mm. You know, similar similarly in Japan with all the with all with, with or off the coast of Japan with all the uh, war-related casualties, what could they be thinking? And then my second thought was, why are they still sending ships? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they right. send a lot of ships. That's what it's ships. Movie, you know? There was more than 18, there was 20 at one point. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, yeah. There, there is, that's one of the things where you, the budgetary restraints are clearly part of it, that huh. they've just shown, they show us literally as much as they can afford to show mm. us and <laughs> cut to the miniatures and but then, you see three and then all of a sudden it's 17. But then at the beginning uh, when they uh, go to, uh, is it Odo uh, Island? Yes. yes. So they go on what looks like a cruise ship and everyone's super excited, and my first thought was, "This is not good." Yeah. Like this, that's we've we, we've been setting ships into the water that's for the right. last couple minutes in this movie, and they don't return. <laughs> why are you? Well, why is everyone so fucking happy? Yeah. I just assume the other boats that are going down are going down, and like maybe he's moving and hitting different shipping. Sure, like yeah. he's not eventually just wouldn't take the same route. But the first three are in the same spot. They tell us that explicitly. <laughs> yeah, but use a plane. Yeah, <laughs> planes. You got planes. Even even that early on, you see the the effects that it's having on those left behind. When you have like the you know mm. the wives going and saying, you know, who, "Who are the survivors? Which boat was yeah, it? Which boat was it exactly?" And uh, 
Like it's it it's weirdly kind of plays like this monster procedural. Yeah, you know, like it really <laughs> yeah. does. It's it really, about the details. Yeah, it's about how you would do these yeah. committee meetings and there's. But a, it feels ground. It's so grounded. Like yeah, to your so point, grounded. It really does. Yeah, well, it's, yeah. yeah. it's it. like as the first movie, it doesn't do the things we think a Godzilla movie should do, right? Mm-hmm. Like the army isn't mobilized until halfway through the picture, and mm-hmm. all the, there's never a war room scene, which is the the staple because as the as the Japanese movies became mechanical, once once they figured out what the you know like the necessary bones of a Godzilla movie are, there's always the war room. There's always people because mm-hmm. there are right. there are anchor that gives us access to see the monsters fight. Yeah, we're not and seeing the tropes because they haven't been invented. Exactly, yet. they don't know the best way into the story. They they sort of hit on stuff almost accidentally that becomes resonant and um, a lot like Doctor No. But yeah, also, like, yeah. and also yeah. it reminds me of, in a weird way, I, I referenced it already, but like Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's another movie that it's like, if you were, it, well, it has been remade in certain ways, but it's like, you would never do what they do in that movie. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, the, the formula, the, the alchemy isn't replicatable. I don't mm-hmm. know that you could do this thing again exactly, which is why there's never been a straight remake of Godzilla. There are films that come at it from different ways, and there are Inevitably, yes, there's a rampage in a city, but each one, each subsequent of the Japanese productions has had to find a different way in, mm. a different focal character, a different relationship to Godzilla, uh, a different interpretation of Godzilla. Uh, there's one just a few years ago, 2016, I think, Shin Godzilla, which was mm-hmm. uh, a non-continuity for Godzilla movie because in- inevitably, I think there are four movies where Godzilla attacks for the first time. Oh. Just you know, like they've never seen anything like it before. But there's sort of a, a reference. There's a there was a throwaway line in Godzilla Millennium about how uh, oh, the Americans claim there was one, but that wasn't Godzilla. And it's just <laughs> this, this perfect fuck you from Toho right. to Sony. So <laughs> no. And then in Final Wars, another Godzilla movie, where uh, directed by Ryuhei Kitamura, who made Versus and a bunch of really weird slapdash Japanese monster movies and horror films. They gave him a Godzilla movie for the 50th anniversary, and it's nuts. It's every monster. Aliens are... uh, I think aliens and time travelers are converging on the Earth and throwing all the monsters at us, and Godzilla's running around Does Godzilla travel through time? Uh, No, Godzilla is a constant. (laughs) He's the constant. But but there is a moment where the, um, the Roland Emmerich Godzilla attacks real Godzilla. Oh, great. And it's, it's a fight, and it, all of these fights are like five or ten minutes long. <laughs> so it's like the first contact of Godzilla movies. Yeah, they're sort of lumping uh, together, but the, the beautiful thing about funny. it is that Kitamura just has has real Godzilla kill American Godzilla in like three seconds. Nice. Just smashes great. it down. But in Shin Godzilla, it's the true new Godzilla story where there's never been one before. No one knows mm-hmm. what it is. It looks sick. It, it doesn't look well. It's a ugly shape-shifting creature and the entire movie it's amazing the entire movie is from the perspective of the guys in shirts and ties trying to run tokyo's government while this is happening it is literally a what if you were working in crisis management and godzilla hit you like budgetary meetings yeah yeah. like there's one character whose sole purpose is to hand out fresh shirts (laughs) because no one's going home and it's Amazing, that and each great. character is introduced with this elaborate subtitle about what position they hold on a subcommittee somewhere, and it <laughs> becomes this so amazing running gag. That it, makes me think of. Um, is there any comic book nerd? Oh yes, yeah. Do you know Gotham Central? Oh yeah, yeah. So there's a great uh, series by Brubaker. Does it right? Did it? I want to say Greg Rucka, but it might be Brubaker. Yeah, yeah. That's basically it's from the point of view of the Gotham Police. I mean, mm. they've done, they've done the TV show Gotham now. Yeah, but it's it's just it's like it's just like a five trade book series. 
Where it's always from the point of view of the Gotham police force. <laughs> and it's the idea of it's like... Really just cleaning up? No, it's procedural. <laughs> well, it's the idea is like, how do you do your job when you've got to like... You've also got to try to get these like super villains. Yeah. But you got a vigilante running around. <laughs> and it's like, what a dick. Like, just leave them... You're creating way more red tape for us than you're actually solving. It's a great series. Oh, so I was just going to say that the Godzilla series or Godzilla movies or what we know now as Godzilla movies have been has kind of developed. I mean, it's interesting. You look at this and everyone's concerned about the physical effects of radiation, but no one is concerned about the effect, mental effects of, mm. of radiation on the brain mm-hmm. of film lovers after 50 years and people writing new Godzilla <laughs> movies because that's the level of, of, of strangulation of neurons <laughs> right. that we're getting. A, you it's know, working. And, and we're, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's making us stronger. Yeah. Thank you. Well, of course. I think you missed that. <laughs> one of the things I loved in this movie just to talk about the proceduralness of it is how normalized Godzilla gets by about halfway through sure. the radio's like and now your Godzilla update and everyone's just like chatting about Godzilla on the subway yeah I love the idea I love that too, too. That all the broadcasters are, are they know it's their moment <laughs> yes, oh, yes, yes, yes. one guy not just the guy on the on the TV <laughs> antenna who's like I'm going to die but I'm going to give you the ultimate experience of being killed you by Godzilla signs <laughs> off yes. but that, was the, that was the 50s because yeah. TV were movies were Combat. This is exactly that point where mm, TVs and funny. movies were like this. They're like, mm. no, 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 we can't let these TV things. And they had widescreen. <laughs> One year after this, they had, I believe, was the first widescreen picture in same year oh, in, in Japan. 54. Oh, in Japan, it's just fifty-four. Oh, wow. So they got there a little later, yeah. and then they manufactured all the anamorphic lenses afterwards. But which 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 gets sold back to us all the anamorphic lenses. <laughs> Nerd shit. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> the uh, the thing is, I love the music in these movies. And and even I, though I haven't seen that many of the movies, I actually have listened to most of a six-volume, six-disc-per-volume set wow. of the music from these films. Yes, I'm nuts. They're awesome. Uh, but I love film scores, so I do listen to yeah. a lot oh, cool. of scores. And, and, and I mean, you know, uh, Ifukube wrote the music for this film. He also wrote, I think, about a dozen of the Godzilla pictures, I think he did. He did a lot of other things too. He, his, his what's really interesting about his music is because it's almost minimalist in repetition mm. sometimes, mm. at least for the period. He writes very interesting classical music as well. And so, if you've heard his classical repertoire, which I'm sure almost no one else no. in this room has, it's really cool, cool, and 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 compelling. Uh, he also is it on Spotify. No. You know, some of it actually is. It might be actually. You be no. Yeah, some sure of it. it some of it actually is. Sure. Some of his classical stuff is, but also some of his non-Godzilla pictures are, like Varan the Un- Unbelievable, oh. which is one of the more listenable uh, albums, like beginning to end. Still full of repetition, but I highly recommend it on on Spotify. That's one reason why I go on Spotify because I, I don't listen to a lot of you know pop music. It's mm-hmm. easy to hear, but I'd love to, to see your release stuff. radar. Yeah. Yeah, I know you'd find that fascinating. <laughs> um, that's, I did, yeah, go. Oh, no. Oh, I, I was going to say about the music. I did notice this time, I think, it was the first time I realized that the, the Godzilla theme as we know it, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, is the military score in this one. Mm-hmm. It's not Godzilla's mm-hmm. music. But they ended up giving it to Godzilla over the years because it's just too good. Yeah. Godzilla appropriated the military theme? Effectively, he walks two. away with it. There are two. I would say that the military theme is the less effective theme. The march. The march. That's the one in the theme. Yeah. That's when you see the boats. Because that's kind of like, it's very kind of like, it was It was not muscular music back then for military use. Usually even in Hollywood pictures I found. Not terribly muscular. It was more about like kind of the 
you know, like sort of marching band style. Oh, yeah, yeah. More yeah. I would argue that's almost more the military theme in the, th- in the thing. I think they just, I think we're probably being a little too logical sort of, about it. Interesting. Yeah. Even though, even though Ifukube as a composer had a very strong, but, and you'll see this on the, some of this I picked up on the, uh, on the supplements, which I saw on the Criterion channel, there's a 50-minute interview with him, yeah. which is probably from the 90s when they put the film out on DVD. Mm-hmm. And he talks about his approach to film music, and he's very sparing about it. He really believes that if you don't have a reason for it, it shouldn't be there. And there's a lot of parts of the movie that don't have music. I noticed that. It was, there was a lot of just total silence, silence stuff. Yeah. It's not, he's not a Max Steiner. You know, he's not, he's not, he doesn't coat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not wallpaper. Yeah. yeah. So, um, well, and it contributes to the realism of the film, like the unconscious sure. mm-hmm. sense that we're watching something happen. Right. Well, even that, even that, uh, the drum beat that's used for Godzilla, it's very, it's very expressionistic. Cause it's not, I mean, you, you realize pretty early on, it's not actually the sound of him walking right. literally, but it's what signals the audience and and in a way the characters to know that he's coming so when he's rising from the water you hear it when he's on the other side of the island you hear it and it's very effective it's very it's a it's a it's such a great uh idea to to use music in such a, a minimalist uh way well the drum beat i always assumed was meant to imply footsteps that's exactly yeah. exactly but it's but it's not but it's not literal footsteps mm-hmm. it's just it's it's expressionistic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's interesting, too, the sound in this film, although not quite to the level of Citizen Kane, is also, it's, it's almost, almost there at times um, in terms of impact and in terms of importance and not just the, the growl, but the things you're talking about mm-hmm. in terms of anticipation. And, well, and all over the things. opening credits, it's not, I, don't, I can't remember if there's music or not there, but it's sound it's, design. It's the, mar- it's the main it's Godzilla the march, march. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. and, and, the, and the roar. It was, that's yes. why I was, I was laughing during the <laughs> yeah. opening credits. I was chuckling to myself because I was enjoying this. I thought, boy, they must have had so much fun just sort of pushing the button. And so, of course, they wouldn't. They would have had to have laced it in on film, and it yeah. would have been very deliberate. But it, it probably, it may have just gone in after the first preview. We don't know because it's just like it's such a, it's it it shows they're so confident of you know just the roar and the music, the great the roar, roar and the music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. sure, they awesome. still had that kind of fun. They were like, oh, this will be great, and then it t- took an hour to splice it. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly. It's true. always how it goes, though. But yeah. it's more like an afternoon's work. I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't hear it until Oda Island, right? I mean, he the first. You don't see him until Oda Island. You only see above the neck. But I think that's when you hear the roar. That's the right? first time you hear him roar. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. But you it's see him first. What we know it will be. You yeah. see him first, and it's just his head, and then the footprints from above. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Puppetzilla. Very cool. Yeah, and to see <laughs> and to see yeah and to see him in daylight. I agree. It's just an art. That's an artistic choice. Rather, rather ineffective. But at yeah. the same time, all that stuff on the island. Like all that, all the math stuff were there. Yeah. Analyzing Here's the thing. Like, as much as I was like, I was expecting this big giant reveal of Godzilla the way yeah. we normally would do now. But I will say that artistically, I love the choice of just, he's just there. It's like, because mm-hmm. that's what it would be. Yeah. 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 He's just, it's like, oh shit, I think yeah. mm-hmm. that's the thing that ate the eight. The 20 cows and the eight pigs or whatever. Well, that was actually the thing I couldn't stand about the most recent Godzilla was that for a movie about a giant, giant monster, he snuck up on a lot of people. Sure. He's yeah. constantly just, like, tiptoeing up on people and revealing <laughs> himself. And I'm like, no, he's it's not jump scares out of Godzilla, guys. <laughs> he's from Japan. He knows how he trained as a ninja. Okay, apparently that's it. You're right. No, yeah. that, that's how he does it. <laughs> I missed that point. There's something, well, you know, we've talked about the effects a little bit. There's something obviously really charming about being able to see the strings and being able to tell it's a puppet. 
But I mean, it occurred to me watching it this time. Isn't that isn't there something about that that's very Japanese? Whether it's it's a style of theater to be able to sort of show the strings is is, is that yeah, it's uh, bunraku? Okay, am I mispronouncing the the, the one where uh, the performers are dressed entirely yeah. in black, performing puppets, but yes. they're yeah. visible yeah. to you if you look. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think they're trying to hide it. I mean, even like even the anime has that quality where it's like it it, it feels like they're still images. There's not a there's not a fluidity to it, it's even homemade though, quality. Yeah, which is some, there's something yeah. really great about that. Ironically, I think like most of the Godzilla stuff felt really great. The way it was dark. Like the the stuff that doesn't look great is the miniature work sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. it's mostly with vehicles. Like the vehicles yeah. are like, yeah. toy. yeah, like it, toys. It's, it's kind of great though. Yeah. yeah. At the same time, but and they the, do look like toys to Godzilla. Yeah, it's yeah, true. It's but, stylistic. But, oh, yeah. we're that we're, that's from Godzilla's that's point of view. That's interesting. Yes. That's yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah. Well, also has to really look at this in the context of the time, and they were being delivered. The effects in this film for that moment yeah. were largely incredible. Yeah, like it, you just wouldn't, you just wouldn't react that. You know, you just like why, like the, the shots of the trains, uh, uh, wheels oh, as the train is going along. Just those quick shots, those yeah. quick bits, all the things that are just throwaway miniature stuff. They didn't get everything right, but they mm. got so much. Yeah, you know. I just I just like sit there and go if I were at that time I couldn't believe it all that stuff though with the planes was Lidecker stuff right so the Lidecker brothers invented basically yeah. what you to how to how to fly on strings right yeah yeah but so other stuff like, like after he destroys Tokyo mm-hmm. and it's just that little pan across the screen. That's obviously all miniatures. Yeah. Like, I thought that looked great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's very so it was variable, obviously. Uh, yeah. And I also love that he didn't actually breathe fire, but no, and I'm not making fun. Like, I really love that it just seemed to be really hot steam. Yeah. That just kind of melted the thing. Atomic breath. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize. Oh, yeah. I never really explained what it is. No. But I, I guess just assume. Yeah. It, it does make a spikes glow, which is well, that's, well, that's it. The and spikes glowing are right. tell. Well, it makes, yeah, it makes the radio towers just kind of melt over. Yeah. But there is that one shot where he hits people. And it's like, oh, Ooh, yeah. And they all just oh, kind yeah. of fall down and clash. And that's the, the Hiroshima moment. Yeah. It's, yeah. Oh, yeah. it's kind of confronting that. It's a horrible way to die. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even yeah. There's you people, are again. There's people up in the one tower and he knocks it over and we see them. Falling, falling out, yeah. Like, she get these nine eleven things that kind of you know. Stuff. Yeah, well, we all associate it with our own disasters, right? Yeah. Well, that's the interesting thing. Actually, I was going to bring up earlier, and you know, you mentioned the the scene where they're on the train, and at this point, Godzilla's become this sort of, uh, you know, he's a meme. Yeah, yes. they've kind of, they've, they've, <laughs> they've, they've, they've yeah yeah they've they've normalized yeah, Godzilla. I don't want to evacuate again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, So the interesting thing about that, so when I first saw this was in was in two thousand and two, and I was still in New York City, and so this uh, played I think probably for the first time. Or oh, it was the Realtor release, right? When they, when they yeah, the I think they actually just and they, at that point it was it was they were calling it Gojira yep. on screen. Yeah, that's how they sold it. So they play, it was like the first time you've seen the original Japanese version of this. And that scene was actually one that was specifically cited by the New York critics as being something that, you know, that we could we could connect to that would that would resonate with us because it's that because that's something that happened where it was like, okay, this horrible disaster occurs and then you find a way to absorb it in your everyday life. Like, okay, well, now now we have soldiers with M16s on the subway Mm. and that's just something that happens. Yeah. You know, uh, so the idea of like the the Godzilla alarms and you know all the all these things that become you know just part of the you fabric know, of the culture. It, absolutely, it's it's pretty fascinating. 
Yeah, that they would be that prescient about it to be like, no, the people would get used to it. Well, even even the the weapons of mass destruction line, yeah, this was just made me kind of mm-hmm. yeah, you know, sharp intake of breath. Yeah, the modern version would be in the, in the if you were doing like really do a proper remake of this, you'd have someone selling T-shirts by half of yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah, I, I survived Godzilla, and all I got was a stupid T-shirt. T-shirt. <laughs> it would all have my cell phone. It wouldn't be very interesting. But it's <laughs> that's true. They'd that all be that's Cloverfield. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, yeah well, you're it's right. A ground yeah, exactly. level Godzilla movie, which is why yeah. I love it so much. And that that he's not just sneaking up on anybody. He's yeah. just like this oh, angry, yeah. angry toddler, yeah, <laughs> rampaging through the city. Well, didn't they explain it at that? Supposedly, did they say it's a baby? Yeah, yeah. A, baby. It's a big screaming baby that got yeah. woken up by something. Yeah, yeah. like in the whole. Uh, I don't even know what they call these things anymore. The expanded universe, the online. There's a game. Oh, really? Website. Yeah. No. If you, if Jocelyn at, told me all about how furious she was that she followed all of that yeah, stuff. That's and just, none of it paid off. No, in the that's movie. a total. Waste. <laughs> it's a total waste. And none of it matters anyway, because the whole point of the movie is when there's a giant monster, right. nothing matters. No. Yeah. Uh, and when I, when I half jokingly said I was there for Cloverfield, I actually was. Oh yeah. Uh, they were shooting on. Mm. Uh, they were shooting the Bloomingdales. I was oh, there that summer, and I hilarious. missed it. I walked right through the set and didn't realize that there was hoarding up and. It's like, fuck, in six months, I'm going to love this movie. Doesn't he even have in that movie some sort of like alien l- lice on him? Oh, they're, they're just sea lice. Sea lice, yeah. but, a, but akin they to like the... They get and run around like ticks. Right. Well, mm-hmm. look, akin they make Lizzie like Kaplan blow up. Oh. That's a shame. But, it's, but it's like the trilobite in this movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah, absolutely yeah. a connection. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, 100%. Yeah. Abram's saying he knows this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, definitely. Abrams wants us to know that he knows a reference? Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> But he Just is... wait for December. Yeah. Oh. Hey, now. <laughs> <laughs> you took that. I'm just saying, <laughs> if the Star Wars movies are set a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, we might finally understand where Slusho came from. Finally. <laughs> I think we've waited long enough. The rise of Slusho. I mean, it's, it's in every one of his movies. There's probably a sign for Slusho somewhere in... Uh, it's probably... What, what's what's the, the other language? Right, right what's, what's the Star Wars language that they use? What's it called? Somebody here is it standard? Money. Galactic standard? Money, yeah. Um, it's, it's, uh, Bitcoin, I think. Lucas Box. <laughs> Lucas Box, yes. Yeah, okay. Lucas Box. Lucas Box. <laughs> I mean, we are still discussing massive cultural forces, so I think it all fits. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a vibe. <laughs> well, they're starting like... We're they, they have Godzilla, be... right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Cloverfield, it's a linear path. And they're cousins. Yeah, and the, and the score, too, for Cloverfield, which does not appear in the movie because it's found footage and there's no music. Michael. Right. But uh, Michael Giacchino, at the end of the... Uh, Cloverfield, oh, there's yeah. like an 11 minutes. 11? Yes. I don't want to, I don't want to interrupt. Uh, Actually, it's lovely. Can I... Can, yeah, I don't want to interrupt you, but I have a story about that. Oh, Okay. Please. So I was, I was part of my life is uh, because I like film music so much. Is I was writing for a magazine called Film Score Monthly out of Los Angeles. Sure, and also That's a thing. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. I want to read that, but for only sure. Been <laughs> for about twenty five years. Yeah, or yeah. So oh, it's gonna be long. Yeah, I didn't know about that at all. Um, well, they started in the early nineties, so okay. I've lost count. But yeah. basically, I from about two thousand and five, late two thousand five, when they, just before they ceased doing print publication, which was on newsstands everywhere, like it wasn't hard to find. Um, to the point where they transitioned doing the online thing and then became their basically, I basically pioneered their, their documentaries. So okay. I would go down there and I'd sell, I'd sort of say, okay, let's shoot a season of things. Let's a, you know, for me, it was like a tour boat. It was like basically, okay, who do I want to talk to? Yeah. And largely yeah. that was fun. And so these people were very happy to talk to you because they're monks. They say, <laughs> sure. you know, they write music sure. and, and that takes a lot of work. 
So I, we sat down with Michael Giacchino, who was um, at that point just had finished Cloverfield and had written this suite. Um, and we talked to him all about Star Trek, which was coming, but not but not out quite yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I really kind of pushed the question of, come on, you're going to use like Spock's apparently a focal point. You're going to use this like you know theme from the series, right? You're going to go back into the anyway. Michael's a total fanboy, a total fanboy at least at the time. Uh, everything in his in his room was you know like the Polish poster for his Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. Um, the the, the every, he was total. You could talk to him. You could hang with him. The vibe was different than, than a lot of the other people who were, we saw, although we saw a number of very nice people. So anyway, uh, we got to talking about this piece from Cloverfield. And for a while, which, you know, is about a day, a day and a half in L.A. time, a while, mm-hmm. um, we, we were talking about possibly releasing that on the Film Score Monthly label because Film Score Monthly did about 250 vintage soundtrack releases, which includes, you know, John Williams stuff and Jerry Goldsmith mm-hmm. stuff and... You know stuff like the Wild Bunch, you know, and all going all the way back to uh, 40s stuff and Nicholas Roja, big epics, things like that. So it was a reality at the time. We could have easily done that. He was a fanboy. We his people talked to our people, but it didn't get too far. It's fine. We didn't really believe we could do it. But that's my story. <laughs> we could have done. It. Then it just showed up on iTunes a couple of weeks later. <laughs> it's and it's never been available uncompressed. I don't think. Yeah. Oh, really? And you would have released an 11 minute. Album? For sure, why not? Are was you there, kidding? It would have been more? huge. I mean, it would have paid for probably years of, of, yeah. of restoration work on older film. Only. I would have bought mm. it. Because they only did 3,000 copies usually per, per oh, album. Wow. And there's so much love in that score. Yes. It, just, it feels yeah, like it's the a greatest tribute. Godzilla score yeah. ever written. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that is like the the closest you get to something like this in terms of like remaking Godzilla and making it fresh and original the way this certainly mm. feels mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. Well, it's definitely like so many movies tried to ape the feel of 9-11 in the years after that and so many of them to me shouldn't have uh, sure yeah. Star, Trek, Star Trek Into Darkness or Batman versus <laughs> Superman sure or yeah. Man of Steel or whatever like any yeah. number of things but yeah. like Spielberg's... Cloverfield I kinda get it yeah in a yeah. weird way it's well, really Spielberg's just War of the Worlds too right? oh that's oh, great because yeah. of the powerlessness right. of it because yeah. the powerlessness like the exactly the yeah. audience is, is our perspective is with the the, the people scattering yeah. rather than yeah. anyone involved in the fight. Which is what I feel about this movie, too. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the way that they're so clearly linked is just this movie was all about the powerlessness that everyone yeah. felt. And like we were all saying, like, they, they try and go about, along their lives and they try and kill it, but they realize it's not doing anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and dealing with something that you can't control. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, and that's, it's, it's all, you know, becomes a metaphor again. And that's, what, and that's a cool, cool of like a, a, yeah, like you said, the closest metaphor to 9-11 as you can get and keep it and, and make it a big, fun commercial movie. Yeah, yeah. But the professor in the film, Takashi Shimura's character, almost gets his wish. Um, and, and, and so mm. does the man, the village man, in the sense that we should go back to the, we should, you know, the professor wants to go back to things that you can't do, which is let's preserve this, 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 this creature we can... You know, study we should it. study him. The, the man on the island says, you know, this is because we've lost the old ways. Yeah, what are the old ways? A woman like the good old days. <laughs> yeah, that's actually fascinating. <laughs> I'm Although, not I mean, let, 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 let's all yeah. finish and then we'll come back to yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, please, absolutely. You have to come back to that. I agree. But I'm not sanctioning the old ways. I'm simply saying he gets his wish in a way because... Basically, you know, they work together as a community. They mm. come together. They mm. have to socialize. Mm. They have to, in order to solve a, solve an issue. You could argue thematically that's that 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 works out, yeah. mm. and that's why they left that 
in the film, whereas they could have not necessarily had that reference and had many other references. In and, the and Godzilla stomps them back to the Stone Age, so he does get a There switch. you go. Yeah. Perfect. Sure. Now we can talk about, what's this about yeah, sacrifice? So, so, we, so, we so we get to Odo Island. Yeah. I don't know, did they say a version? They said a young girl. A young girl. Young girl. I don't know if they, they specified her. her, her they yeah. 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 yes. so put anyway, her in a raft and send her into the ocean. Because well, we assume but, Godzilla ate her. No, no, I just think it's an excuse for the young women of the village to get out. Like we just <laughs> but, but the idea being like is how Godzilla <laughs> how Godzilla gets his name is that there's apparently a history of a creature like Godzilla, if not Godzilla itself. He's basically mm-hmm. their god. Yeah, this yeah. Is like his, it, it would in you know in Japanese it's oh. an amalgam for gorilla and whale. Yeah, and so whenever oh, really? whenever uh, whenever um, you know their their fishing had dried up, mm-hmm. they, they blamed said, him. They blamed, well, they thought he was angry, mm-hmm. and the only way to appease him was to feed him a human girl, a young human girl, so they just sent her on a raft. Yep. There's a yeah. lot of casual sexism in this film. I just love the fact that the old man is like, you know, back in the old days, yeah. we would do this, and that's not that How old, old are you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's talking about, like, the 1890s. <laughs> well, what yeah. I found so yeah. fascinating about that was this idea that, that, I mean, that's a very medieval concept, the idea of like yeah. sending the princess to, to you know, be fed to the dragon. We usually right? use to goats, the dragon. Mm-hmm. 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 I don't King know. Kong? Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's sure. obviously indebted to King Kong, which the whole first act is about that. Yeah. Or the second act. But it's this really <laughs> interesting link. It provides an interesting link between, you know, uh, our, our centuries-old version of monsters mm-hmm. and a very 20th century mm. uh, approximation of that. Yeah. You know? I mean, now it's just the thing that no one understands. Yeah. But in the olden days, they thought they understood it. They yeah. just killed people to fix yeah. it. <laughs> We've <laughs> got to work around. It's yeah. Fine. Yeah. 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 The, yeah. The monster remains the same, but your methods of dealing with it are altered. Although in a yeah. weird way, at the end, the doctor might not be a young girl, but he does sacrifice himself. Yep. Right. That's the thing that stops it. And to Saul's point, it's like he's, he was somebody who had mentioned earlier, oh, he never leaves his lab. Well, he mm. actually is able, he, re, he rejoins community, yeah, he yeah, rejoins yeah, yeah. society, yeah. And, and sacrifices himself, you know, for that. I think, I think it's a very moving uh, um, oh, yeah. sacrifice for, on a number of levels. Well, I think that, like, yeah, the great. moment that he agrees to help them, he knows he's going to die. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. he's burning yeah. his notes. He's, uh, yeah, she yeah. gets it. She yeah. starts And she does, exactly. Yeah. 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 One way out. They're all going to die. Yeah, <laughs> everyone in this movie <laughs> dies. <laughs> oh, professor, you shouldn't touch the trailer bike. Yeah. Oh, but over here, yeah, 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 get yeah. your hand. He's been walking around yeah. Odo Island all day. He knows he's fucked. Yeah. Yeah. He's just like, whatever. The outtakes are him, you know, this is fresh water. Not like that I've had Not quite the scientist from... Uh, Prometheus, but, but close. Just about. Yeah. Yeah. Professor, <laughs> stop licking this sample. <laughs> I have to know. Oh, I have to know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, guys, the nuclear water does not taste better than regular That's water. Right. <laughs> You're welcome, yeah. by the way. Taste test confirmed. Yeah, call yeah. Pepsi. It's Let's all step into the footprint of the atomic beast. <laughs> yeah. It's also yeah. interesting. Which you never get a big shot of with that. That right? was yeah. interesting. I was surprised by that. Do. Yeah. Because it's weird because. The footstep? Yeah, you, 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 you see, the, never, you see the, the overheads on the beach, but the scene where they're all standing in the first they dug a hole. You need an overhead. Yeah. Yes, you for, I thought the same thing. But I, I really love that. that. I love that it kept us on their level mm-hmm. what they yes. saw. Yes, mm-hmm. that's it, very much. I, yeah, you're right. Because then they, they only see the footprints when they look over the hill. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, there's never a proper sense of scale for Godzilla. He's as big as he needs to be. Mm-hmm. They say at one point he's 165 feet, but not always. It's just I mean, even they also say he's two million years old. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 
But you yeah, should, I don't treasure the Japanese so measurement carbon, systems. This is what I want to know: carbon dating, like yeah. to that period, the idea of two versus sixty-five yeah. million. You know? I mean, good luck <laughs> running up in carbon dating. <laughs> were, the, were we that bad? <laughs> <laughs> like, rampaging. E equals M C squared still works, <laughs> but that doesn't. So yeah. So, yeah, something's off. Yeah, <laughs> they could have found a. They could have found. I, you know, they would have found a stool sample, and they could have done yeah, testing on that. Yeah. Right. Jurassic yes. Park method. I'm waiting yeah. for the shot. I know. will. I Jeff will. Goldblum. Given that 1954, you're making a pulp sci-fi monster movie. Nobody has books around. Mm-hmm. You know, like this, they're writing really fast. Maybe they thought they'd plug it in later, and they just never got around to it. Can we get the backstory on why the scientist had an eye patch? Lost it in the war. Yeah, the war, yeah. lost his eye in the war. Yeah, so it all mm-hmm. connects. It's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fun. It keeps coming back to trauma. Like yeah. it keeps it's coming back to the like, real yeah. trauma. Yeah. Stuff. It's almost like he gets that eye back, doesn't he? In this film, yeah. and he kind of loses he it all. He doesn't get it back. I mean, he's in the, the water long enough. Comes out, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but just before he loses it all, you could argue that oh, the, the thematic sees. point is made because he truly sees in three D, right? But oh. as opposed to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the music is beautiful. It's poignant. Like it was not. I was not expecting to be lulled into this Mm -hmm. sense of just poignancy throughout Mm -hmm. the the entire film. And how and how I I felt like I said it before in the in the preamble that it's like I felt like this is going to play it pretty straight. But I wasn't expecting how much it was played more as a drama than uh, a a monster movie. I really really love that about it. I did really enjoy at the end when the scientist, and I can't remember his name, I'm sorry, he kept talking so much about, like, our our dilemma isn't stopping Godzilla. Our dilemma is I made a worse Mm H-bomb. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I love that. Do we use it? Yes, yes. Because I just understand if we do, then there's no turning back. Yeah, yeah. Science fiction at the time was, and we talk a lot about it now, but science fiction at the time was a venue for discussing things you couldn't discuss mm. outside, you know, in, be be blunt as blunt about outside the realms of genre. For sure. To, yeah. to use and 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 today we're very conscious of that. We know mm. that, but back then this was ju- this was a way for people to get stuff. I'm trying to think of what today. Mm-hmm. Would no, but that's be. not like Kurosawa makes "I Live in Fear," and that's about an old man trying to get his family to move, leave Japan. I'm not and, suggesting yeah. that, that 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 would be necessarily you know that there are no other ways of doing it. I'm just saying that yeah. science fiction was known it, by writers pal- and filmmakers a way pal- to get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah. a way to get it to mass audience and in in the guise of something else. Yeah. But so, nowadays you look at all genre stuff and it's like it wears that on its sleeve, like it knows that's what it's doing exactly. and it's not trying to hide it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Tarantino said that when he he wrote um, Dust Till Dawn because he wanted to write a movie where he has to kill like hundreds of people. And he's like, if I just leave them as humans, I'll come off as a sociopath. <laughs> but the moment you make them vampires, you can do whatever you want to them. Mm-hmm. That's, right. that's that's before he wrote Kill Bill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, wrote, yeah. he stopped caring after. He got over that real yeah. fast. After Dustin, he's like, you know what? What the fuck, vampires? I'll yeah. Just, yeah. And then later he was like, oh, Nazis. Right. I make the Nazis. <laughs> that's right. that's Nazis. Nazis. Yeah. Plantation owner. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Manson family. God. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's true. The Godzilla is all subtext, but mm. you also have giant monster action. So you know, it gets the, it, it gets the hook in. Mm-hmm. But then afterwards, you think like even the just even the final sequence, it's moving and it's sad and it's about sacrifice. But it's also a completely ignoble death for Godzilla. He's sleeping. Like they yeah. sneak up on him. Mm-hmm. There's no honor in yeah. any of it. It's yeah. just it's almost a cowardly act mm-hmm. in the context of monster movies as yeah. we know it. Yeah, but. It's 
it's sad for everybody. Like they're the only the only yeah. good thing that comes out of it, other than the salvation of Japan from the <laughs> giant monster, is that this this romantic triangle is shattered, and the the couple that's together can be together openly. Uh, oh no, they break up a week. Well, later. yeah, no, she, they're yeah, all going to die. <laughs> she clearly Jeremy realizes that she made the wrong choice. Yeah, yeah she killed the guy. Yeah. She made him die. Yeah. And and all of it is just so melancholy. Mm, um, yeah. Even at the very end, when there's a speech about how there's going to be another one. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yay for today. But there's as long as we keep nuclear testing going, we're probably going to invoke more of these things, and yeah. that's exactly what happens. Actually, speaking of honor, that was that's mostly because of box office results, though. Normal, right? <laughs> yeah, that was a reshoot no at the end. Yeah. Box office usurps, usurps. Yeah, no one ever says is. that in universe, though. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I kept expecting him to look directly down yeah. the barrel of the camera. Yeah, they made a poignant shit. They're like, come back. <laughs> it's because of our bad choices as a society, not because you all love the movie. <laughs> that's why we're making more. But speaking of honor. They made a huge meal out of her breaking the promise she'd made to yes. not share that yeah. secret. Yeah, yeah. They talked about it a lot. That yeah. was like, I think this is cultural, but I don't know. Oh, oh yeah. Well, and she thing. tells oh, the yeah. one person who is the least useful in the effort. He owns true. a shipping company, or he runs a shipping company. He's not the <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, and he's on the side with the army. He's very like, true. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. the, question, the question really is, like, how many, you know, deaths, how many thousands of deaths do you have to see before you sort of, you know, break that? Right, that code, that code of honor is totally a cultural thing for sure. Mm-hmm. How um, many roads must a man walk down? But even her saying like, "I can break it with a clean conscience." And yeah, it's like well, very it's specific. Totally, it, yeah, I mean, yeah. we can any any yeah, student yeah. of Japanese cinema or knowledge of the culture. This is fascinating too. Because since I saw it the first time, I've been to Japan, so I've. Like, oh, Ascusa, right, yes. Oh, it's like, I know all these places. I was like, very oh, yeah, excited for the, for the Yokohama name drop. Sure. I just spent two weeks there. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so my brother-in-law lives there, so yeah, yeah. I was very excited for Yokohama to be destroyed. <laughs> 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 They've recovered very well. Yeah. But I will is there, say... Is there a plaque? Yeah, I mean, well, here's the thing. Here's what's really, really interesting, because Yokohama did have, uh, like, a really, really bad earthquake. Uh, some I can't remember when exactly, so I'm not even going to pretend to remember it but one thing we did um on one of the the mornings just for because we we were just trying to split up our day trips and do something you know nearby and something far away and the one that we did go we went to uh an earthquake earthquake prevention center which is just like Mm. it's kind of like half amusement park type building half Mm. like information thing and it's like kids get to run around and play games that teach them how to not die in an earthquake. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is the kind of stuff that's just taught in schools and they're just used to it. And it's, just, it's such a, like, teaching kids how to use fire extinguishers, teaching kids where to hide and what, and it was just like, this is... Well, our kids go... When you normalize Yeah, that, our, our right? kids have drills now for active shooters. Right. Yeah. Right. Your gun, yeah, they, uh, my, I know, I was walking my son to school, like, a couple months ago and he's like, oh, I hit him with a shooter drill or whatever you call it. I was like... Here? What? Yeah, yeah. Really? absolutely. Yeah. What do they Christ. call it? They call it something else, though. They call it's it... called a, um, yeah, what is it Niceness called? Niceness Symposium? It's not that. No, no. it's... It, but it's a... Yeah, what is it called? Tactical Day? Terror, what is it? We have kids, I can't remember what it's called. Uh, anyway, it's... Yeah, but it's something... It, 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 there's, there's a word name for it. God, that's yeah, When cool. I was running into Degrassi, start... we learned about it, and I can't remember what it was. Yeah. So it's been in place that long. The way we used to have fire like drills four or five years. Yeah. yeah. The way we yeah. we used to have fire drills, yeah. they have the lockdown. 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 Yes. Lockdown. Lockdown. Yeah. lockdown. I mean, in the fifties, they had duck and cover. Yeah, that's you know, right. Get under your desk. It's our version. Yeah, it's our version of duck and cover. Yeah. That's and so it's like it's horrible. But the way my son mentioned it, it wasn't like 
oh, I hate it because it makes me think of people coming to school with guns. It's like, ugh, it's just so boring. Lockdown. It was like last time we had a farting competition in the corner of the room all the talk. I was like, that's hilarious and terrifying and terrible. The resilience of children. Yeah. But it just shows how much they're like, they're eh. yeah. Just like we never expected a school fire to happen. It's like, oh, we're not going to get, you know, it's just right. one of those things. Where, yeah. right. when, we, when we went through Japan a few years, a few years ago, there was uh, the threat of North Korea, you know, firing missiles at them. So the Japanese military had deployed missiles in Japan to, you know, in, in Tokyo. To like wow. you know on certain some street corners in order to sort of fight back, and you don't think of that as being kind of an active threat, but of course they're right in the middle of a yeah potential yeah. issue. But yeah, I mean that's it's minor. Well, my way even go like go, just going to Japan, my wife was like worried about just earthquakes, mm-hmm. just even going, and I'm like all that is is going like rolling over in the middle of the night and farting. Nuclear handling of nuclear power, right? Meltdowns, Fukushima. Yeah. Fun guy. What a fun world we live in, eh, guys? Uh, <laughs> we haven't learned, we haven't learned a thing. We're, we're for, yeah. We haven't learned a goddamn thing. Godzilla tried to win. So to conclude. All, all we've learned to do, yeah. In conclusion, all we've really learned to do is how to make a profit off the terrors and horrors we inflict upon the world. By, by making more Godzilla pictures. Yeah. Yeah. And it's other a, things. It's an and, exorcism. I mean, they talk about one in the movie, but it is an exorcism of our own... Uh, fears and, and tensions that I mean that's why I love these things mm. yeah because well, we can't stop them happening but man we can turn a profit yeah <laughs> well they can but it's cathartic too yeah it's true yeah Hopefully. so uh, that said any final thoughts Ian oh um uh, I hope Godzilla comes back he's gonna ride again <laughs> I believe <laughs> yeah ride again that's I'm sticking with rides again <laughs> the, uh could you count to three? I mean, would you watch more? Are you <laughs> oh, intrigued by this? Or I am vaguely intrigued, except that you guys have basically explained to me that none of the other ones are as poignant or as resonant as this. Nah. Uh, and I am fascinated by the idea that it's maybe a different Godzilla every time. Like that weird fan theory about how James Bond right. yeah. it's, yeah. like a, it's a code name and it's a different guys every time. They yeah, and they, talk about they it. keep showing us this goddamn birth certificate. It's like, no! <laughs> no, the birth certificate gets faked. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. yeah, I suppose you get a like, like. That's the whole point of the of the. It's like Men in Black. You you lose your old name exactly. Yeah. You get a yeah. new one. Yep. Yeah. No, and, and then uh, Christoph Waltz shows up with a picture of you as a child. It's like ah, James Bond. I was your brother. It's like God damn it! No, it couldn't have been James Bond. <laughs> At that point, I wanted Daniel Barry St. Catholic. I watched yeah. Austin Powers also. And you can't get me with that. <laughs> oh my god, they did an Austin Powers plot. You're totally it's right. It's only a, <laughs> oh, it's a bummer. Time. It comes back around. Uh, Chris, final thoughts? Uh, it was great to see it again. It really, it, it really um, hit me differently this time than the last time, first time I saw it. Um, yeah, and I was really, I think I, actually the first time I saw it, I was pretty tired. It was like an afternoon movie where I just was sort of nodding off a little bit. And, uh, yeah, it was the, the gravity of it really struck me. Um, yeah, it's a very unique, it's interesting. The only other film that I was thinking about that sort of compares to it in a way, in terms of the way that we we see, um, you know, people reacting to it in a very, um, realistic way is something like Jaws. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, what yeah. was that? It was that Korean film with the, the, oh, the, the host. host. The host. Yeah. The host. The host is great. much more of a comedy, though. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. It's absurdist in a way. There's a, yeah. This film isn't. And it, 
But it's still like it's uh, the, the point of view is small. It's from right. the family, right? But some of the town hall stuff in this, people got got remind me of Jaws. There's I can see that certain elements, but it doesn't have that level of thematic resonance that this movie has. So it was mm-hmm. really, yeah, it was very illuminating to see it again. Well, Jaws is a more personal story. Ultimately. Yeah, 100%. It's more of a, like a society. Yeah. 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 But yeah. it's also an adventure film in a way that yeah. Godzilla isn't. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, yeah, exactly. It's not, it's not like the shark is, you know, they, if they ended Jaws by going down with the harpoon and killing, <laughs> killing Jaws while he was like, you know, kind of floating and, yeah. or, or, or sw- swimming with his eyes, you know. Yeah, just yeah. Sleep, sleep, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. No, Bruce had to be an asshole for a <laughs> <laughs> Right. That's a more, that's a more traditional down. ending. Yeah. 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 Uh, Norm? Uh, just I still love it. I, I love that it refuses to be a Godzilla movie. That it is <laughs> that it isn't the thing that we all expect it to be, and that structurally it's it's not a mess exactly, but it really is three distinct acts of completely mm-hmm. different activity. Mm. And I I just love the sense of all of these pieces being here for like what sixty five years of filmmakers to play with, but yeah. they're just scattered in this in this pattern that doesn't that refuses to define itself until it's over and then you're like oh that was a Godzilla movie but it didn't feel like one and it didn't look like one and it was scarier than usual I I, every time I see it I just I'm amazed that an entire genre came out of it because yeah I would have expected that yeah it's very impressive uh yeah no I mean a couple things first of all you mentioned earlier Jeremy that you figured that perhaps before we saw it you figured well this is probably going to be like the sober version of the franchise Sober wouldn't be the right word, but for sure, thoughtful is yeah. the right word. Mm-hmm. Um, my feeling is, again, I feel similarly to you, that I watched this in during the re-release in the early 2000s, and I thought, okay, this is interesting, but I didn't quite jive with it. And since then, I've read a lot about <laughs> Japanese cinema, I've read a lot about Japanese culture, I've been to Japan, I've seen a lot of Japanese films, not just Kurosawa pictures and a range of other things. I don't mean an expert, but I understand a lot more about the culture through those films. So seeing this again now is 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 much more for me a revelation, mm-hmm. and I yeah. feel that the, you know, but by that same token, um, it's it's an original that I would never look to the sequels for any kind of you know uh, additional enlightenment. Uh, for it says everything it has to say. Um, <laughs> the sequels are for people who enjoy wrestling. And, 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 and effects for largely the first, you know, 30 years of the sequels are basically, you know, just sort of monster suit <laughs> stuff. And, you know, just like, what will they come up with, like, Bond stuff? Like, how mm. crazy can they make it this time? Uh, the Norm might yeah. feel that there's more there, but I haven't seen enough of them. I've seen five or six of them. That's not necessarily yeah. mm. everything. The yeah. 90s films are pretty great. I'm excited to, uh, to check out the American remake. And just to see... It's uh, not even a remake, really. It's like a recut. No, that's what I mean. It's, it's a recut. Like, yeah, it's not, yeah. It's not a remake. Yeah, the, re, the reimagining. You're not talking a, about the Emmerich one. You're just talking about... No, no, no. The, the one they made that came out two years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah it's, it's on the disc as a bonus feature, but it's also on the Criterion channel yeah. as well. As a supplement. So I'm looking oh, at it's that. absolutely educational. And, and I look forward to, cool. to sharing this with my son because... I think similar to I did. Uh, he was on my Night of the Living Dead episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, and I think it'd be. Uh, he was into it, right? Like he, he was super into it because it was also the first time. For spoiler: If you haven't seen the movie, I apologize. Uh, it doesn't end with the heroes walking away. 
Mm. You know, it's just like all of a sudden the hero, the last lone survivor, gets taken out. Yeah. By like the people that are coming to save them, and it's like we got the zombie. Oh, it is like, that was a that was our hero. You just killed our hero at the end of the movie. My son was just like, you can do that in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was just one of the, watching him experience that was a real joy. And I think it would be very similar to him watching this because I think he would walk into this with very just because of what he's watched mm. and the kind of movies he watches. He'd have very specific expectations of what this kind of movie would be mm-hmm. and it would just make him go oh movies can be don't have to be that cookie cutter mm, kind of formula yeah. Yeah. they can be something else well I imagine he'd come to it being like oh Godzilla's gonna be the good guy and then by halfway through you're like oh he's certainly not he's not they're gonna rousingly destroy Godzilla at the end and it's like no it's super sad yeah, yeah. but I'll, I'll add I'll add a little note uh, a little footnote to that uh, you know with Night of the Living Dead and with this both at the time of their making existed in a genre that allowed for that mm, kind of freedom. Sure. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that is a, well, not to put a damper on it, but that is a, that is a bit of a difference. Right? Mm-hmm. From, yeah. From something it's true. Although, I mean, my children were still pretty devastated at the end of infinity war because they, <laughs> they didn't know there was a sequel coming that would set things right. Yeah. It literally was like, they were just shell shocked. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. It was, yeah, my, my, Eldest daughter basically was like, she said, "I'm sorry you wasted your money." <laughs> what? She said, "I'm so wow." She said, "I'm so disappointed." And Aww. I said, "You know they're all going to come back, right?" And she's like, well, and, I, "And once well, we Spider Man's movie, yeah, yeah, I know." So now. once once I kind of coaxed her out, then of course, like on the way home, it was all like fan theories, like maybe there's a, a seventh Infinity Stone, like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> maybe they'll go back to the Red Skull's planet. How old is your daughter? She at the time was nine. Okay, yeah. she's good. She's good. Yeah. She's okay. Now she's okay. But, but it was definitely the first time that she'd ever experienced that 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 thing the Empire Strikes Back ending. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. even yeah, but even that I think is different because I mean, when when my kids saw that, it was they knew it was a trilogy. They knew it was a trilogy, and I think they were also younger. But I think it's more they've kind of grown up with watching these characters now over the last seven years. So all of a sudden to, to see them all deterred to dust. In you front can't of kill Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. Well, through like it's, it's as a kid, like that's a shocking thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Even Empire, as much as it is a down ending, it still is like, and the heroes narrowly escape with their lives. And Super hands, hands yeah. out there, and we're gonna save them. But you did yeah. feel like I remember yeah. as a kid, you but, you didn't feel d- like down. Yeah, you thought they had a plan. Because exactly, yeah. they're and, they're they're not, and, they're not, and they're not heroes. I mean, yeah. everybody basically the whole that movie is about everybody failing, mm-hmm. yeah. not winning. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Which Vader is, fails. But that's fails. similar to The Last Jedi, 100%. and everyone shit on that. It's like, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, some well, people shit on it. Yeah, did you like it? I love it. I love it too. Every little too. bit of it? Well, every, every much. I, every, God damn it. Every choice, Saul. <laughs> this podcast <laughs> is this now. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I, I walked away from that movie, like, really excited. Same. Me yeah. too. And, me going, too. and because I felt like... Everyone got mad at JJ because they're like, oh, you just did a remake of the first one and we want something different. And then Rain comes yes. along and makes something very different. And they're like, it was too different. Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm yeah, like, what do you people want? The first Star Wars think, movie made by an artist and people couldn't handle it. But yeah. I think you also look at it if you really, I walked away and, and after the first few and thinking about it going, well, all he really did was, I mean, there's a lot of original stuff in there, but... Also, he kind of smashed together. Oh, it's Empire and Jedi. It's yeah. Empire and Jedi smashed yeah. together, exactly. There's a lot of those touchstone things that he put together, which really frees up the next one to be its own unique thing. Which sure. I liked a lot. I was like, wow, they burned through a lot of story here. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, the first orders and crumbles. You've got, and I just love the flip flopping. I love that you got Kylo Ren at the end being like, just that moment between him and Adamo Gleason, where it's just <laughs> like the emperor. It's like the you know the emperor's dead, long live the emperor kind of moment, where it's oh, just like. Great. Oh, you're in charge now. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the emo the, dude that just gets has fucking tantrums. Yeah, it's what the other movies never gave us, which was Vader in charge, right? Because mm, yeah. having established him as the heavy in Star Wars, then he's immediately That's supplanted by the Emperor, yeah. and he's the toady, and he never get, like, all that. And then the prequels fill it in. It's like yeah. look how crazy he is. It's like yeah, but he becomes in charge. But he they takes over where moments before he was about ready to just burn it all and start something new with Ray. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that's why it's so fascinating that he's the villain for the next one. Like, he's actually leading things and we know he's an unstable idiot who has yes. no idea what he's doing. Mm-hmm. I wonder what it's like to have one of those in power. Yeah. Well, it's funny because that's something I said after the after this movie which was, uh, you know, the first order at this point are basically like the guys with the tiki torches yeah, yeah, yeah. marching through Virginia. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, <laughs> like, what are we doing? Yeah. What are we against? Yeah. What's our, what's our yeah. agenda? It's like, like, I don't like, know. You ask know? him. Yeah. That's the guy with the powers. I'm, yeah. I'm not fucking bothering him. All we know like, is that those old Nazi guys were real cool and we should right. try and act like they that. Don't, they like, don't understand what the actual But that, yeah. and that, the, the best representation of like Kylo Ren is like that great little... It, they play as a joke, but it's that moment in, in Force Awakens where the, the two, you know... Soldiers yeah, are walking towards the door, and they hear them freaking out. They just turn around. And it's yeah. like, nope, yeah. no, no, that, yeah. you're not going to deal with it. Yeah. And it's like that's how the first order views their new leader. Yes, or it's just like just let him. It's like we can't control how he tweets. It's, it's funny. Like, we it's just, so we just true. Can't. It's so it, it's it's amazing how how prescient uh, the, the Force Awakens was. I assume that the next movie just starts with Admiral Hux uh, resigning. Quietly yeah. and no, like I going out to I lobby or something like that. He's network saying, you know, I really tried. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was the adult in the room, yeah. but I've kept, I've kept silent through the entire last Jedi talk. <laughs> I'm only going to say one thing. One thing that bothered me, and mm. it's not because I didn't see that it was right for the internal logic of the story, but really, after 30 years, I did not want to see Luke die. At the end of that, picture. nobody wanted to. That's why it has to happen. No, it didn't have to happen. You're but one thing, but one thing, but one thing I, I do know is this: when Yoda shows up in the picture, yeah. he torches something. Yeah. That's that's somebody from beyond the grave affecting a physical. It's Yoda. Yoda. Are you well, questioning just, Yoda's well, not power? Just I'm just saying <laughs> that's the first time we see that Jedi power, which opens the door yes. for a Luke buddy movie in three. <laughs> but, but the thing oh, that's nice. the thing that I maintain, know? yeah, the thing that I maintain is that when Obi Wan allows himself to be cut down in the very first Star Wars, he says, "I'll become more powerful." But you don't really see that. He kind of, you know, appears to yeah. Luke. I love the fact that this actually seemed to pay off a lot of those promises that the trilogy had made yeah. like, years before about having power or you know even the fact that he was able to like physically like knock Luke in the head with his with his cane mm-hmm. you know I mean well I guess if Obi-Wan can sit, sit on a log when he's a ghost I'm sure that you know there's there's something <laughs> tactile, tactile, tactile. hey Alec Guinness yeah. needed a chair <laughs> <laughs> he was only there for a day he was very tired he was his rider exactly <laughs> to sit. he does he look was, a little he tired he was forced that day he had a bad throw he had to re- he had to dub that whole story. oh did he really yeah oh, wow. Wow. lots of dialogue too yeah. Yeah. so funny yeah it is it's a pure dialogue scene oh he's just like let I have me, an exposition here to give you that. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you this thing we just made up. I just love that Alec Guinness is a tired ghost. 
Listen, okay. He was busy torching trees somewhere hey, else. He was yeah. the first one to figure out how the fuck to come back as the force goes. Yeah. It's true. I, think, I, don't, right? I can't believe that. That's such a weird prequel edition. Although, don't they have something in the prequels where it's like Qui-Gon's working on it? No, oh, Qui-Gon's I yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love that they keep yeah, saying that's gonna happen. I'm going off my mentor. Qui-Gon has learned how to talk to me. It's like, uh, dude! We were dude! All... dude <laughs> bring him out! It's like, let's talk to him! Liam Neeson's great! Where is he? He's Liam Neeson's alive! Yeah. No, 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 do it. I remember watching I remember watching Revenge of the Sith. There were rumors we would see Neeson. There are always rumors with a George Lucas picture. Yeah, I could definitely see that though in this last one, if it's yeah. the force kind of coming to it, they're all going to come back. It's going to be like that yeah. scene in, in Goblet of Fire where they're all just surrounding. <laughs> right. well, that's the other thing. Is all, all the force goes are just sat, surrounding around. Well, yeah. that's the thing. Is like bringing back we, Han would be the smart we, move. Uh, yeah, I think Han so. doesn't have having force Han's powers. Having Han, I thought you said Han for a second, yeah. and I was like, Han sure, why not? In the same room, having a conversation of any kind, even two lines across the room, just having them and be in the same room together. Here's a crazy thing that someone pointed out recently, which was that uh, Luke and Leia don't actually have a conversation until Endor. Yeah. They don't really have a substantive conversation until Endor. That's right. They they, they never speak in that entire movie. No, but the kiss spoke volumes. Oh, for sure. (laughs) About incest. Yeah. Yeah. You can't use any of this. (laughs) We have gone on the most. Fantastic tangent, and I'm editing zero of it out because it's very delicious. Uh, I'll try to remember to add a little spoiler up top that we we go on a wild tangent. Yes, that I somehow somehow it always somehow a room full of nerds goes Star Wars. always happens. All right, so thanks you all for coming over. Oh wait, I've got it. Lucas was indebted to Kurosawa in the Hidden Fortress, so therefore Godzilla's canon. Nice. Yeah. nice. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> and cut. Hey, it's just me, Jeremy, checking in very quickly. Not to make a, a long episode even longer, but I did decide uh, the next morning, this morning, to uh, watch the American recut, reversion of of this, which is Godzilla King of the Monsters. And holy cow, it's terrible. Um, just in every way that... This the Japanese version is amazing. This version is just a piece of shit. Uh, so it looks like they probably shot all the Raymond Burr stuff in a day or two uh, in some, you know, <laughs> various spots around Los Angeles or wherever the hell uh, the company was that was doing this bastardization. It's just, I mean, it starts off with that great tracking shot of the miniature of Tokyo already destroyed. And then starts to tell the story backwards in a way, in a weird way. And Raymond Burr just essentially plays some guy that's a voyeur to all of the other events, but without giving any of the poignancy or the heart or just kind of the, the mor- morals of the, of the real movie. So, man, is it just goddamn terrible. And... Uh, and I, I kind of skipped through it a little bit. It was just hard to sit through, to be honest with you. Uh, but if you want to watch it, it is on the CriterionChannel.com. It's also the special feature on the Godzilla Criterion Blu-ray if you happen to purchase it, which I I recommend because the, the Japanese version is phenomenal. Uh, I might even check out the Godzilla Raids again, or as we affectionately called it on this episode, Godzilla Rides Again, just to see what the Japanese did with their own sequel. Um, but I won't post about that. 
So anyway, uh, thanks for, for joining us for Godzilla. Black Hole Films is a proud member of the That Shelf Podcast Network. You can listen to other episodes of our show and other That Shelf podcasts on thatshelf.com. Please subscribe, leave comments, spread the word, do all the things that let others know you like the show and how they can check it out. You can find me on Twitter, at Lon Jeremy, and go to Facebook and join the group Black Hole Films. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby.